0: this is a holy baptist church podcast bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome lives are changing and jesus is king thanks for listening with us today we would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us but for now we pray you enjoy listening for what god has in store for you in this episode and that helps change your life for the better in jesus name enjoy good morning everybody oh yes we're interacting today everybody okay Yes, good. I am Daz. I am the children and family pastor here this morning. Um, And I am starting off this series. We're starting a new series, Fruitfulness on the Frontline. And I've got a thing, actually. Here it is. Um, And the question I want to start with go. Yes, it's frontline. What does that mean? Because when I think of frontline, I, I think of like the army and like fighting on the front line and it's i don't want us to like tie it too closely to that idea cuz we're not at war with like other people i don't you know we're not sort of like we're going to go and fight them and win them over to our cause like that is it's part of what we do but it's it's a little bit aggressive so i don't want to i don't want us to think like we're fighting on the front line for jesus even though there's there's a lot in that um the way i'm defining it is your front line is where your life as a jesus follower meets the world the those who who don't think like you, who have a different understanding of how the world works. Um, and, you know, Jesus came, I think, um, that we might live, a, you know, life and a really full life. Um, and I, I, how we do that is uh, the question we're going to explore through this series is how we do that in a way that encourages and intrigues those who, who think differently from us um, and makes them, you know, maybe want a piece of that, I guess, is how I would sum up the whole series. Because what I'm talking about today is the big picture. What's my next slide? Does it say that? There we go. I really have to click these buttons. Um, and I t- I'm going to start, should, my lecturer at Bible College said you should never start with an apology, but I've not, this message that I've sort of, I have prepared, like don't go get me wrong, but sometimes when I prepare stuff and I sort of speak a message, it sort of sets like concrete and I think I know what I'm going to say. This morning I feel a bit nervous because I think it's not quite it hasn't settled. The concrete hasn't set in my mind. I don't know what God's going to do, so I'm kind of excited and terrified at the same time. It could be a train wreck. Who knows? But go with me. I, I think this series could be really encouraging for us. I'm excited about it, um, and hopefully by the end, you will be too. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you're a frontline worker, which is a COVID thing, isn't it, people that work on the, the frontline? And I like to tell you this because I think a lot of people, especially maybe in in church life, maybe, and I might be being unfair, um, they think that people like me and Martin and and Ruth and the people that are up the front, they're the the frontline church people. They're the proper Christians. And I am a professional Christian. I like to make that joke. Um, (laughs) But you're in it just as much as I am. Um, And I think, I was thinking about it this week, maybe even more so. Like I spend, in my opinion, probably too much time upstairs in my office, it's up there. It's an absolute mess. But I sit there and, and I like, spend time preparing, doing rotors and preparing this, this message, which is the, the Lord's work. But I think probably is going to be heard mostly by people that are already Christians, mostly, not everybody. Um, whereas you lot, you know, you spend eight to 12 hours every single day out there in the, the what I'm going to call the real world. <laughs> um, uh, and you meet like other people that aren't Christians, like way more than I do, maybe, I don't know. Um, so this series, we're going to spend like two months after, next week's the church weekend, all about telling the world, which is linked really nicely. But then after that, it's like eight weeks of seven weeks left, um, exploring the ideas that will help us out uh, as we think about what does it mean to follow Jesus uh, on the front line. Um, and there's a there's a guy who came up with it all. I think he came up with it all. Uh, so there's a little intro video, we're just going to quickly watch now, Steve, thank you.
1: My name is Mark Green, and I used to work in advertising. So you can trust every word you hear from me. Now, for 10 years... My name is Mark Green, and I used to work in advertising. So you can trust every word you hear from me. Now, for 10 years, advertising was my frontline, my daily mission field. And over those years, I saw God do wondrous things. I saw him answer prayer on prayer. I saw him miraculously heal my boss's secretary. I saw him draw people to himself, and more than one. I saw him impact the very work itself. I saw him protect me and guide me, teach me about service and humility, mature me through spectacular character failure, through career (laughs) disappointment, and through romantic catastrophe. The point is not that I used to work in advertising so you can trust every word I say. The point is God worked in advertising and you can trust every word he says, whatever your front line.
0: The big picture is what I'm talking about today. Uh, It's my job, I guess, to kind of set us up um, at the start of this series, give us a bit of an outline of what's coming. Um, And I also want to talk a bit about why being fruitful on on our front line is something we might actually want to do. Um, And I hope it's encouraging, because if you're anything like me, um, then the idea of sharing your faith can sometimes feel a bit like, I just want to cringe a little bit at the idea of it because it's a bit scary or... I have this idea that sometimes we have where we're not very good at it, um, or um, we don't necessarily relish the thought of doing it in our minds, um, and that means for me, maybe just me, um, that you you don't feel like you do as much of it as you should, which is a dangerous word, but it's a word, um, maybe that we think, and that and it's. And I sat down yesterday. I thought, what if I if I imagined what she, you know. The amount of sharing my faith that was, like, enough, like, because the idea that we'd share it enough or feel, like, confident about how much we share it is an interesting one. And I sat down and thought about, you know, what would be the ideal amount of sharing my faith? And I sat down and thought, yes, I thought, If I shared with every single person that I met about Jesus, like, I told them the gospel message, maybe that would be enough. And then I thought, oh, I've met that per, if you met that person who just, every conversation they're squeezing Jesus in and they're doing it? And that, in my experience, I don't know if I should say this, like people don't want to spend a lot of time with that person. <laughs> uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not always very um, good to be around. So I think there's a balance. And I think we need to let ourselves off the hook. If you're the kind of person who thinks, oh, I didn't do this enough. And you, this, you, just the idea of this sort of sermon series makes you think, oh my goodness, I'm just going to feel guilty and awful and it's going to be terrible. That is not the goal here. We want us to be, feel encouraged. Um, and I, th- you know, how confident I feel about my faith quite often depends on how I feel you know, in myself and, and, and about my faith. And the best measure for me and uh, and how I'm feeling is is when I go to the barber's and I sit in the barber's chair. And the the question, if you're a bloke, that they always ask you when you sit in the barber at some point is like, what do you do for work? Right? And I work for the church. And I think, oh, okay. And sometimes if I'm feeling like, good, oh, okay. I'll say, I'll work for the church. That, well, what's that involving well, I involves I do work with all the kids I do lots of stuff with families we work in community I also like spread this sort of message of Jesus and of hope and then they're like oh okay that sounds lovely and some that normally the conversation just dies at that point and they ask me about something else um, but that I also am a foster carer so sometimes when I just they ask me that question I think you know we can't be bothered today <laughs> um, I'll go oh I'm a foster carer and they love to talk about that they ask me like a million questions. And that there's, you know, the way I feel in that moment is is like, you know, I just can't do it today. And I don't, I you know, I'm being vulnerable, hopefully. You know, I'm not the only one who does that kind of thing. But the way we feel um, can impact how confident we are to just share our faith. And I don't think that's, I think that's just being human. Um, so I think we can make, sharing our faith complicated, more complicated maybe sometimes than we need to. And I think that having looked at the content of the series that's coming up, um, they're going to make it a bit easier. Uh, there's a guy called Peter who wrote lots of letters. He was one of Jesus's um, followers. And he puts the idea of sharing faith as simply as the, hopefully you can read that. It's very small. Um, in, in the first letter he wrote, 1 Peter chapter 3.15, it says this. It says, but in your hearts, Revere Christ as Lord. That means hold him like in sort of reverence. This idea that God is amazing. You know, he's the Lord. And um, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Um, but do this with gentleness and respect. Now, I don't know about you. It's not often people just ask me for the reason for the hope that I have in my life. Um, but it does happen now and then. And the the aim of this series. I'm probably going on and on about it a bit. But I wanted to. What I really want is just not to be intimidated by this, the content that's coming, I guess. The aim of it is to, to give us a framework um, of, of six ideas, and I'll go through them in a second, um, to make it a bit less intimidating. They outline it. There's they, six M's that we're going to work through over the, now, the next so many weeks. The first one, um, you know, the first M of, of being a disciple of Jesus is modeling godly character, which you know, is a short sentence, but is a huge idea. Um, and and we got to, if we follow Jesus, and maybe you don't here this morning, and, you know, you can just sit and relax and enjoy this, but the the first M of discipleship is modeling godly character. And that's in good times when things are going well, but it's also in tough times. And it's with just delightful people that we just, oh, you're just life nice to be around. And it's with the difficult people in our lives as well. Um, you know, are we continually showing the fruit of God's spirit, which is love? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Was that nine? Yes, nailed it. Thank you. Um, you know, modeling godly character in our lives is part of what it means to be fruitful on the front line. That's the first M. The second one is that we would make good work. Oh, this is a bad choice of colors, Daz. Um, Hopefully, if you're watching on a live stream, you can see it probably better than we can. Um, making good work is the second one. And that's not just like, um, it's what we do, but it's also how we do it. You know, it's not like, oh, just do a good job at your job, or just do a good job of, of raising your family, or just do a good job of being a good friend to people. It's about how you do it. Are we the people <laughs> who, who do the work that contributes to the betterment of, of our community, of the lives of other people? Um, when we complete tasks, are we doing like a good job? As much, are we doing the best job we can, or we're doing as much as we kind of have to? And then, oh I'm not, you know, you, you're not. You 90% of me. You're not getting 100%. Even, let's imagine we're representing God when we work, when we make good work, whatever that looks like for you. Um, we strive to deliver our best, and we and we also, you know, ask for God's help in that because, you know, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to find the line when you think oh, I've got to do my best. You can just burn yourself out really quickly. A heart, you know, part of it is is being sensible and making good work. That's the second M. So we've got model godly character and we've got make good work. Also, the third M is minister, grace, and love. Not just in like practical ways in in serving the community and that sort of thing. It's about being, or it's also not just about being kind to people, you know, with our time and with our energy, um, but in the way we respond to maybe difficult situations. Or, or even just the, the boring stuff of, of like life. Um, are we, when you go to the shop and you meet the checkout person, are you saying hello to them? Are you smiling at them? Are, you know, is that that is ministering grace and love to somebody. And that's not nothing. Um, do you notice that person, I was in the charity shop and someone looked lonely and just like chatted to them for five minutes the other day. Um you know, the new parent who's, whose child joins the school year late. Like, how do we minister grace and love to, to those people in our lives that are just, you know, in the, every single day um, as we do things. Maybe we're, we're doing an appraisal for someone at work and we are thinking, am I, have I got their long-term best interests at heart? Or am I just thinking about how they can kind of benefit our organization? Um, and there's so many different ways, hopefully, that we can think about doing these things that are just part of following Jesus and representing him. In the world, are we ministering grace and love as well as modeling godly character and making good work? The fourth M, oh wow, is mold culture, mold like Play Doh, um, culture. And that's the idea that, or well, culture is the idea, like you know, when we think things like, well, this is the way it's done around here, whatever that, you know, wherever you are. And maybe this is your work culture, or you're, you go to the gym and there's a culture there, or you, you've got a circle of friends and there's a culture in, in your circle of friends. Um, These cultures that we're all part of, and there's probably loads of them in your life, you know, how can we help mold them as we follow Jesus? Um, And there might be things like in your friendship group or uh, a WhatsApp group. That could be a culture of a WhatsApp group. Like, who knows? Um, The world is such a a very place now. And, you know, ask yourself the question what is it, if this, you think, I don't like this part of the culture that I'm in, what is it about the culture that? I don't like, or that doesn't sit well with me, and explore that with God, and then think, how can I impact that culture? How can I mold and change that culture to make it more like, you know, Jesus encouraged in the Lord's Prayer that we would pray, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. How can we be part of creating God's kingdom here on the earth as it is in heaven? That's part of following Jesus. Um, And that is the fourth M of our sixth. Is moulding culture, and, I, and this can even a culture in your own mind um, can be something that you have to mould. You have to work at. I was when I was a teenager. I didn't follow Jesus, and I was quite mean. I would I would never been in a fight in my life, but I I had a way with words that could just be really horrible <laughs> to people, and I was quite negative, and I would just. I think it, it would make it funny, but it was really quite not very nice. And I remember speaking like later in my life to my friend about it once. They said, Oh, I love to do like positive gossip. And that's something that I do. I was like, What is positive gossip? What is that? Like, how is that a thing? That shouldn't be right. That doesn't work. And they said, No, no, I like to go and tell people like, oh, so and so they're like my favorite person because and they'll just spread like nice things about other people when they're not there. Um, and I thought, that's I love that. That's something I can take hold of and run with and and sh- helped me shape the culture of my mind, um, of my own sort of culture. And that's something I worked really hard on, and I think I'm a lot better, for sure, now at being a more positive person. And I, I molded the culture of my mind. And I did that because I want to be, or don't want to be, someone who's like mean. I want to be someone like Jesus, who just spoke positivity and hope and, and, and goodness to people. Um, so there's a lovely example of how you can mold culture, even in just in your own head. The fifth M... Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, yes, is that we be a mouthpiece for truth and justice and for mouthpiece. Um, And this is about being like, again, just like Jesus. Wherever he went, if he saw something was unfair or unhealthy or just untrue, he would speak up against it. Like, this is not fair. I'm not happy with this. You're being like this or this is the, there's a, you know, an imbalance here and it's not right. Um, and it, but then he also spoke up for things that were true and just and good. And this will often mean sticking our head up above the parapet. Sometimes, which is not is not enjoyable uh, and can be really uncomfortable. Um, but it's 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 the way Jesus did things. And if we want to follow him, then it's the right thing to do is to be a mouthpiece for truth and justice wherever we are. And again, that might just be at home. When your kids are arguing and you think, oh, I just want everyone to just be happy, but I really need to deal with this, the injustice here, and that's gonna be awkward, but we gotta do it. Um, who knows? The last one is, come on, clicker, go. Yes, is being that messenger for, messenger of the gospel. You know, and I there's a, people always quote um, St. Francis of Assisi, who said, um, wherever you preach the good news, wherever you go, and if you have to use words, um, which is like, yeah, that's a nice idea. I like that. I like the idea that my life can be like a thingy. But it can let us off the hook a bit as well. Sometimes we have to just tell people about our lives and about the hope that we have. Um, and you know, Saint Francis of also preached to birds, so that's a it was a bit weird. So everything he's you know, you know, he's a great man, better than me, but just bear that in mind. Um, sometimes. Um, we aren't really sure if if we want to tell people about Jesus. We think, oh, there's an opportunity comes up. Your friend says, oh, what did you do at the weekend? And I think, I went to church. I don't, don't want to tell you about that. How are you going to? And we, I, I don't think we're always ashamed of the gospel, but we're just reluctant to share it because we don't know how it's going to go down with people. Well, I am anyway. Um, but I, what I tell myself um, is that the good news of Jesus is it's changed my whole life. I have to remind myself of that a lot, like more than I would like to tell you, is that it's it is a life-changing truth that Jesus loves me enough that he would give up his own life in just the most awful way um, to, to bear the sin for me, even though he was perfect. Um, and that just transformed the way I understand who I am, how valuable I am. Um, it's just changed the way I view the world and other people. Um, and I have to talk myself back through this a lot and just think, you know what, Daz? People, I love to hear it when I first heard it. People would love to hear this. Like, don't be afraid to just tell them. Um, there was a time when I thought people that believed in Jesus were crazy. Like, I thought, it's just ridiculous. Um, but it has, the truth of the gospel has set me free in so many ways and changed my whole life. You know, if I could tell my 15-year-old self what I do now and who I am now and how my life works, I would probably laugh out loud and think, what a silly man. Um, but it's, you know, I wouldn't go back and change it. I love what I do. I love who I am. I love Jesus. Um, and, um, and we, if that's you, if you're like, that you carry that revelation for somebody else. And if we can be a messenger of the gospel, that's what we do. We're sharing that revelation. You can have a life um, that is just great. Um, and let's be, let's be praying and asking God, God, um, Who in our lives are ready to hear that? Because people have to be ready, I think, to hear it. Um, And and let's ask him for the opportunity um, to tell someone the good news and be a messenger of the gospel. That is the six Ms that we're going to go through across the next many weeks. I think it's a couple of months. Um, There they are. Model godly character. Make good work. Minister grace and love. Mold culture. Be a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And be a messenger of the gospel. And maybe you're thinking, that's great, Daz. Six more ways I've got to think about and feel guilty about not delivering on. And no, as I say, this, the idea of this is not that, that we throw up this measure um, that by where well, we can all feel diminished and insecure. And oh no, um, you know, lots of these things. I think if you look at your life closely enough, you're already, or you have already been doing. You or you do these things already, um, and we'll probably you'll probably be able to recognise ways that. God, you know, has or might have used um, them to open your eyes and other people's eyes to who he is. That's the goal of, of being fruitful on the front lines. We just need to open people's eyes to who God is and he'll just do the rest. Um, and that's probably an oversimplification. but I, you know, I think because of our too human understanding of God, we often forget that everything we do, everything we do is part of his purposes for the world. And I don't know if if you if you believe that. And I ask myself this question: Do I believe that what I do in my day to day life has an impact on God's purposes for eternity? Like, do I really believe that? When I look at the things I do a day to day, do I think, or you know, I said hello to the person in the shop. Do I really think God can use that tiny, tiny thing to impact His purpose in eternity? I don't know. We all like to think at church I pray for someone. You know, that's a very I think yes. If I pray for someone here at church, of course I'm inviting God to come and do something in their life, and um, that is a clear um, way that God will use me to to do that. But as, what about the other stuff? What about the rest of life? And um, when we leave this place, if we're here in church this morning, when we leave here, like does God go with us? Is He still, you know, acting in our lives as we go from church into the world where we spend most of our time? Um, you know, we greet our neighbors with a smile every day, or we we remember our colleague's birthday and we get them a card, right? I'm not very good at that, my colleagues would tell you. Um, we, we think, you know, we're at a restaurant and we ask the waiter about their day, like how are you doing, what's it like working here and, and being interested in people. Um, we put our phone down for five minutes and we just play with our kids. Like again, something that I really have to be conscious of like making sure they're getting time for me. Um, these are just small things we do. They're just day-to-day activities do we really believe that these things we do are part of God's purposes for eternity? Because I think they are. Um, it's hard to believe that, but I think it's true. I think either everything matters or, or nothing matters. And I think I'm, a, I'm an everything matters kind of person. Um, I think we can be too, too aware of this. I had a friend once who told me, they, they aren't a church person. Uh, they said, we, I went to church once, and as I was leaving, this lady told me she was going home, to have roast lamb, because God had told her to have roast lamb that day, and that freaked me out, and I think thinking, that freaks me out a bit too. I don't know if, I think sometimes God gives you a word, and maybe it's just for you. I'm going to go out and say that, um, but please be encouraged today. We want this to be a series that will broaden our understanding of what it means to share our faith in Jesus. It doesn't just mean every single person I meet, I need to just tell them the gospel. I think that's a big part of of sharing our faith but it's not the only part um you know what it means to be a follower of jesus what it means truly to be a follower of jesus is that it's not just about being a messenger for the gospel or, or part of the sunday social club like there's more to it there's more to sharing our faith in jesus than that and we're invited to live this full life of of challenging injustice uh, of, of working to make um the world a better place of supporting those who slip through society's net and being aware of those people um, you know, World Hunger Day, we did something about it. And, and, you know, we do all sorts of things as part of following Jesus. The life that Jesus offers is exciting. I think it's an exciting life, um, a meaningful life. People are obsessed at the moment with, with life being meaningful. And where do I find meaning in my work and in, and in my family time? Like, what is that? And I think ultimately, as I believe God created every single one of us, it's a life that we're designed to live. is a life following Jesus. And if we follow him, we go on this adventure with him. Um, and he'll guide us and he'll equip us to do it. Jesus is the, our example. He did it. He came and lived on the earth and he did just stuff. Like he must've just ate food and had neighbors and walked down the street and, and people went past him and he smiled at them. Like he did, Jesus did all that stuff. Um, and he lived life in a way that made God really proud. So let's aspire to be like like that, I think, is is what I would say. But maybe that's a bit scary. It sounds a bit much. Uh, and you're thinking, you know, Daz, it's fine for you. You're a very enthusiastic person. <laughs> you just love Jesus. And um, I, I do. I don't think I'm, like, pretending um, to do that. And the, the magnitude of, of the idea that we have to spread, you know, the message of God in a world that doesn't always want to hear it, um, it's just a bit scary. And, and maybe you just think, I'm going to go home and I'm going to hide. I'm just not going to come to church for the next eight weeks or so don't have to feel bad about not doing this thing. Well, the good news is that Jesus, he's going to do it with us. Know he doesn't like it's like here's a thing and you just go and share it and I'll see you when you get back. Like he comes with you, and that is good news because I think, um, I would be a lot more scared if I thought I had to do it by myself. But I've had many conversations with my friends, they just ask me stuff, and I think, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. I don't have the, I don't think I'm going to know everything that you need me to know. I don't think, um, that I'm, I've got a degree in theology, but I still feel that thing, like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to know everything. Um, but you. We're just talking about if you could just talk about your experience, talk about what you know, what you do know, um, and when you don't, just I don't know what you know. There's some big questions. Um, you know, Jesus will be with us, and he he did he died to show us um, that we can have courage, um, and we he'll be with us and he'll equip us to do more than we can imagine. I think that is a good promise from the Bible. Um, I'm going to tell you about Jesus, um, this God man who who is promised to be with us. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read. um, In our Bible, there's another guy who wrote loads of letters. He was called Paul. Peter and Paul like the birds in the song. Um, He wrote to a church in Colossae, which is is Turkey nowadays. Um, And he wanted to encourage them to keep living a life of godliness, worthy of the Lord. Um, And he tells them about Jesus. He says in Colossians chapter 1, right at the beginning, he says, The Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. In him, all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, the things visible and invisible, wherever, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. for God was pleased to have all of his fullness as all the fullness of God dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself that means like to bring him back to himself all the things, whether things on the earth all the things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross and there he is, that is the Jesus who is with us He's supreme over everything. He was before everything. He's, everything is because of him and for him. And he comes with us to those people that he wants to reconcile to himself. Um, and we're just a part of that process. Um, and and I, think that's, I think that's exciting. I think it is scary. But sometimes being excited and scared is the same thing. I try and tell my six-year-old that. when it's like, oh, I'm scared of. I think, yeah, but it's also a little bit exciting. Um, and we can complicate it in our minds sometimes following Jesus. Uh, and in doing so, we might be putting ourselves off telling other people um, about it. We, If we if we do that, if we complicate it in our minds, what we can do is we can make following Jesus look less appealing than it is. Um, and I thought about that a lot this week, and I've got some stuff I want to show you. Um, that just, I love a visual aid. And I think, <laughs> as you probably know, I think I was working with kids, I don't know, but... I just, I'm a visual kind of person, um, and I think if we, well, I'm going to read my notes because I want to get this right. Um, if we follow Jesus and we try and sp- kind of spread his good news out of a sense of duty, because we feel like we should, like Jesus asked me to, so I'm going to do it. I don't really want to, because I'm, you know, it's just I'm not sure. But when I mean, we do that long enough, we can make following Jesus look a bit like this. A robot. Thank you for saying that. Just in case anybody, I don't know if you can see it at the back. Actually, someone made me this for Holiday Club. Isn't it cool? It's quite a happy-looking robot. But um, you know, the it's good. To, it's good to know a robot. I know people that have robot vacuums, and they're like so cool and really helpful. And you want to like people would maybe want to know and have and 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 know. You wouldn't want to be a robot. Um, and if we are just you know, doing things out of a sense of duty to God or a sense of duty to Jesus, we can make following Jesus look a bit like we're robots. I don't know if this is working, but um, this—I just looked at it in my office the other day, and I thought, yeah, that's my concern: is that if you know we're going through the motions of things, we make following Jesus look like a bit robotic. Whereas I think if we can—and that th- your this series is an opportunity to rediscover um, just the simple art of of just sharing your life with people wherever you are because Jesus is part of your life if you if you follow him he's part of your life if you just share your life with people and you just enjoy being a follower of Jesus and maybe if you don't enjoy it maybe just work on that a bit as well um the well-lived Christian life I think the life that you know people enjoy following Jesus will look something like this oh I really wanted to do cake but I think the link to fruitfulness is like obvious so a bowl of fruit um and you think, I mean, you can't, oh, maybe you can. I like, I love grapes. Oh, and you just more to eat them. And if people look at your life and you talk about following Jesus in a way that's you love it, who will think, oh, I fancy a bit of that? They might not want all of it. Maybe they don't like bananas. They love oranges. But grapes is my thing. Like, I love grapes. Mm-hmm. It, yes, that's it. They're my great people in. If. We can make following Jesus look appealing. People might think, I want a piece of that. Uh, There's something about that person's life, the hope they have in Jesus, that makes me want to take just a little bit. Oh, the prayer, that sounds interesting. I'd like the idea that if there is a God, I could talk to him and he might actually listen to me. Let me try prayer. Or, oh, there's a really good community of people that just get together and do like, they help the community. And I want to be part of that. That looks really cool. Um, If we don't tell people about the stuff we do, if we don't show them that following Jesus is like pretty cool, then they might think, oh, they're they're a Christian person. They're quite nice. I quite like the fact that I know them, but I don't think I want to be like that. Whereas if we can make it like a bowl of fruit, people might think, I fancy a bit of that. And that the whole idea, I, the, the opportunity, there's an opportunity in this series to really spend some time thinking about your life, What you do in your life, where your front line is, um, really dwelling on this, do I think God really works through the day-to-day stuff that I do um, and really make it look like a bowl of fruit? I think that's, yeah, there you go. (laughs) There it is. Um, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. Some people, people are always dealing with something, right? And I'm, you know, I've learned in life um, that trouble... You let it. It can either make you bitter, or you, or it can make you better. And I think if you're, if you just, you really are. You know, my heart is for the people this morning who think, I don't want to. Just sharing Jesus is just too much for me. I'm just trying to deal with stuff, and my life isn't great. But I think God can use this time, use this series, use this um, opportunity, to help you fall in love with Jesus again, love following Him. You know, He's great, and make your life look appealing to other people and be able to share on the front line and feel confident about that. And that's my heart for you is that we would all feel confident that we can be, we probably already are being fruitful on the front line. I pray this series will will make us better at living in a way that makes life with Jesus look appealing. We want to be fruitful on our front line so that people can see what God has to offer them and they want to be a part of it. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your son, Jesus. The example that he is, um, the sacrifice that he made for us. Lord, just remind us right now um, of the fact that you just love us, and that you love us enough that you give up your own life, so that you could just know us, that we can know you. And Lord, even if we're just not feeling it, help us to, to learn to be excited about that again. Lord, let our hearts be transformed by a miracle maybe is what it's going to take Um, to be the kind of person who just feels confident to talk about the fact that you are a part of our lives and that you are an amazing part of our lives. Something that we just love about ourselves is that we follow you as much as we can. Fill us with your spirit as we leave this place and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to throw some questions up on the screen just to give you an opportunity to just process that a little bit more. Um, but that's me done. Let's have a think. What would you say is your front line? day to day impacts God's purposes for eternity how do you think God has been working through you in your life so far What are you facing the rest of this week and how might God's purpose be playing out in it? That was today's episode of the Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Back to Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.